Hi. Hi. I'm Evan. I'm Addie. And you are listening to the Speaking English Podcast, the place to be for anyone who says to themselves, I want to watch more movies or read more books, but don't know where to start. We're back this time again for episode 141. Well, as well as book club 21. We're on the books today. We're, we, yep. We've hit the books in preparation for today. <laughs> um, and as such, joining us is Aubrey. Welcome. Hello. Back. Welcome once again. <laughs> it's good to be back. How's it going? It, it's going. It's the Christmas holiday, and I'm with the side of the family that actually celebrates the Christmas holiday. So... I've been required to cook. I had to give presents and then I will go back to my mom's house and act like there is no Christmas. So how are you guys? (laughs) Yes, it is. We are recording on Christmas day, Mm -hmm. the the night of Christmas day, (laughs) Christmas night. So might say, yeah. And here Not we are. confused with Christmas <laughs> Eve. Um, oh, I should probably mention the book that we read for Book Club 21 is uh, it, it, it entitled The Call of Cthulhu and Other Weird Stories by one H.P. Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Howard Phillips. I actually did not know that. <laughs> um, Have you seen matter. what he looks like? H.P. Yeah, he's is, kind of scary looking. Yeah, he actually he seems like a horrible. <laughs> That's actually what I would name him <laughs> if I had my choice. Of what he stands for horrible person Lovecraft. Horrible person Ooh. Lovecraft. Ooh, that's a good one. Thank you. All the ones that I could come up with were uh, like kind of rhymed. Let's hear them. I thought of hanky panky Lovecraft. <laughs> I thought of Happy Pappy Lovecraft. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, Hoi Polloi, that's a term, and uh, Higgly Piggly. <laughs> I think that one might be my favorite. because <laughs> That's my favorite, too. Higgly Piggly Lovecraft. <laughs> Dude, speaking of H.P. Lovecraft being a horrible person, and specifically a racist, when I was looking into his racist antics, I learned that he named his cat n-word like but not n-word like the actual word so that's part of his lore yeah I, well yeah. I, it said that because then the one of the stories mm-hmm. it's like there's a note and i was like why is there a note <laughs> and then it was like this is actually the name of his childhood cat <laughs> and i was like oh, oh my god oh my god i said my my <laughs> um Okay. I guess we should talk about our Christmases before we get into it. Yeah, probably. All right. Let's back it up a little bit. Um, Take a step back. (laughs) My bad. Um, Addie, you go first. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, My Christmas has been delightful, but also hard and exhausting. I'm still sick. I still can't get rid of this cough that I've had Mm. for three weeks. And at this point, I have like pain <laughs> in my like lungs and back and stuff because I've just been coughing for like three weeks straight. So that's been rough. But I went to Arizona nonetheless because I'm like not actively like sick or contagious. I just have this lingering cough. Yeah. All of, <laughs> all of my extended family lives in Arizona. So I go there every year for Christmas and I partied with my cousins and we had the absolute time 
time of our lives. We invented this new game. It's called Wackadoo. And it's essentially four-person ping pong. But you have to be rotating around the ping pong table the entire time. Um, And we play very fast. We're like running laps around the ping pong table (laughs) at lightning speed. And we played that like nonstop (laughs) three days. It is so fun. And we drank nonstop for three days. So I'm really tired, but I really had so much fun. And I love, love seeing my family this time of year. It is so like special and important to me. So feeling good, but also tired and kind of (laughs) sick. Nice. Nice about the good parts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This Christmas was pretty chill this year, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't love a chill Christmas? (laughs) But uh, went to New Mexico with visit my grandma. Nice. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, I got a blanket in the white elephant gift exchange. Very good gift. And it is the coolest blanket. Maybe not the coolest, but like the nicest. Because it's really big. Because I'm kind of tall. So a lot of times I have blankets. And if I'm trying to lay (laughs) under them, I'll have to decide which part of my body hangs out of the blanket. (laughs) But this blanket covers the whole thing. (laughs) That's awesome. But since it's brand new, it's really fuzzy. So I have blanket fuzz all over me. Oh, it happens. Um, it but my sister had to get back real early today to do her own stu- Christmas stuff with her boyfriend's family. Mm. And so I woke up at like seven in the morning and we drove right on back here. Yeah. And uh, in, and I engaged in a chill vibes Christmas day of doing not much, which is really nice. That is really nice. Christmas just, day for me is like always coming home from Arizona. Mm-hmm. Like we always fly on Christmas, because I think your family's oh, gotcha. like this too, but Christmas Eve is like the actual celebration for us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which is nice. But yeah, we usually just hang out wherever we're at on Christmas Day and then come back the next day. But so this mm-hmm. was a little new and different, but I kind of didn't mind it. Because yeah, we do everything on Christmas Eve. So yeah. Um, and then just a little bit ago, I did my annual Blade Runner viewing on Christmas <laughs> Day. Very nice. Um, which is at this point an entrenched tradition that I feel it necessary to keep up. Because I realized like about two hours before we started here, I said, ooh, I'm running out of time to watch Blade Runner. I don't want to leave it till after the pod. So yeah. I just flipped it on and just got done with that. That's awesome. A classic. What part of New Mexico is your family from? Uh, Or where do they live, I guess? Valdez, which is just outside of Taos, New Mexico. Taos is nice. I like that. It's right next to the Taos Ski Valley. It's down the same area. That's solid. That's solid. In yonder hills. (laughs) I love Taos. I've gotten to go with Evan's family a handful of times, and it is so fun. Thank you. Um, How was your Christmas, Aubrey? Um, it was pretty good. Like I said, I was with the se- the side of the family that celebrates, um, which only consists of two people right now, <laughs> which is me and my dad. So <laughs> we did a nice little exchange and then we watched a lot of, we caught up on the series that we watch um, and we watched a lot of movies. And then I took a walk and I played some Pokemon Go and that was it, nice. that sounds which is pretty nice. solid. Yeah. 
Very chill and lovely. <laughs> nice. Merry Christmas, one and all. Thus concludes the Christmas portion of our show. <laughs> now it's time to get into weird stories. Yeah. Want me to introduce this one? Yeah. Go for right. it. So Addie picked this book. <laughs> this and she may have one or two things to say about it. Take it away, Addie. <laughs> Thank you, Evan. <laughs> this was my pick for this round of book club because it is part of the Penguin Orange Collection, which if you've been listening this entire year, I've been reading one of these a month because there's 12 of them. Uh, but I haven't actually kept up with them that well. To be clear, it is the end of the month and there is one that I haven't read and it's December. So <laughs> anyway, you I got needed six to days. Speed read, speed read. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I needed to read this one. So I made the book club join in it with me. It is a collection of short horror stories by none other, none other than H.P. Lovecraft, who some call um, like master in the genre of horror and others rightfully call a raging racist person. <laughs> and maybe he's both. I don't know. It depends on how much, I guess, you are willing to separate the art, the art from the artist or whatever. But anyways, on H.P. Lovecraft, he was writing stories from, I think, like a little before the 20s to like a little before the 40s-ish. Um, and during his lifetime, he didn't actually really make any money from writing stories. He like really wasn't known as an author. Uh, while he was alive, he was publishing in like really small magazines. And then after his life, or at least after he was active, was when they really started to get popular and take off. Um, and yeah, then Penguin put together this collection of some of his scary short stories, and we read them. Yeah, there we go. A lot of the horror that he writes is about like fear of the unknown, I guess I would say, like fear of others. And I think that's kind of where a lot of like his racism and maybe even like xenophobia kind of shines through. The heart of a lot of the stories in this collection are just like other people's cultures and religions and beliefs are weird <laughs> and scary. <laughs> Who knows what's going on over there? Um, yeah. But some of them are about outer space, too. And I tended to like those ones better. Outer space. <laughs> yeah, so, there was a lot of um, fish horror in this one. Yeah, you know, I kind of liked the fish horror. <laughs> it was kind of fun. No, it was, it was a little formulaic. His theme is always like it's a young guy, ends up somewhere scary, and like things happen. Yeah. Um, there were some hits. There were a lot of misses. There was a lot of really questionable stuff. There we go. I really agree. I guess, yeah, let's do like overarching thoughts right now. And I really agree that by the end of this book, I was pretty burnt out on the formula of each story. It really got pretty predictable um, and a little bit annoying. What do you think, Ev? Fair. Um, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure that they were ordered the stories in this book were ordered like chronologically from their release. Oh, okay. Um, so it was kind of interesting because I think he generally got better over time. I do agree with that. Um, Cause a lot of the, a lot of the earlier ones were, were kind of rough mm -hmm. um, and also like shorter. Mm -hmm. So, so short. And 
the same yeah. thing like happening in like the same. So it, it, it sometimes felt like I was reading a lot of the same stuff. I fully um, agree with that. But I think with some of the later ones, he kind of revisited ideas that he'd already done and like expanded on them in longer stories. And I generally liked those better. Um, but at the same time, some of them were also a bit long-winded. And <laughs> when you know where it's going because you've read it before. My first experience thinking that it was like too long-winded was with the reanimator one, mm. um, which I like. I think that that concept like always kind of works for me, like the idea of bringing dead bodies back to life, but they're like not quite human still you know that's always scary to me and i liked reading that story but it got so repetitive i was like why is this the one that you chose to make long i feel like he said maybe 20 times like and let's not forget that the bodies needed to be fresh and i was like believe me i have not forgotten (laughs) (laughs) like well Well, with that one specifically i was reading the notes i don't know if your guys is because it looks like you had the same version of the book Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the one that I had, the one that I had had notes in the back, explanatory notes, and there was like a section about each story that kind of gave some details on it. Oh, interesting! Yeah, uh, I don't and with the reanimator no. one, it talked about how. Um, ooh, this is extra insight that only I have. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> um, but because I, I also noticed that, but in in <laughs> in the. Uh, the notes to that story it kind of talked about how it was like serialized each part was like published independently Mm. and how he didn't like how he had to re like recap what happened and all and also make like some shocking revelation at the end of each part Mm. and he said that he didn't do that in other ones because he got mad at how it turned out huh um and like that's very good to know because i was also kind of mad at how it turned out (laughs) yeah um but yeah, that, that that came up on that one, and so yeah, some of the some of the notes because they had like a little paragraph talking about each story and like its context and stuff, and then it had different notes, footnotes throughout the story, mm-hmm. uh, and I usually didn't read those. I read all of the introductory paragraphs, and then just sometimes when something really <laughs> weird or interesting came up, mm-hmm. like go to the back of the book and check. I like it when they have them at the bottom of the pages. I always read them then, but if I have to flip back between the back and the middle of the book, it would get tedious. So I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, I thought that uh, the one, th- there's different problems throughout. And mm-hmm. I guess my overall thoughts is I don't know how this collection of stories works like as a whole book reading it. Yeah. Cause I think there's a number of these that I would have liked a lot better if I read them on their own. I had the exact same thought. Yeah. Just really got so old so fast. Cause you, when you, there's 18 stories in this book. And when you read them all in one go, like as a book, they all just blend together so much. And it's just like, which main guy belongs to which story. It doesn't even matter because they're all just like indistinguishable men (laughs) that like have like no unique traits. Like in those flaws just start to become more and more prominent. Whereas I, I totally agree. They really wouldn't if you read them like one story at a time, I guess, or just like a handful in your life, you know, you really don't have to read all 18 of these to kind of, get the gist of what H.P. Lovecraft mm. is trying to say and what he's all about. 
<laughs> that's a really good point. I uh, I will say there is one story that stood out to me as like being by far the best. Mm. And I think it kind of broke from this uh is General. it the color uh, out of space? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was my favorite too. <laughs> I really liked that one. Me too. We are um, always on the same page. Yeah, for right? real. <laughs> <laughs> for real. Because I think that one went away from this kind of formula of like how the rest of them are, where it's just like mm-hmm. some dude discovering things and it's like unspeakable horrors. That was the other thing that got me mm. about this general book is that. <laughs> It would, he would always use like the same description of like whatever it is. It's like it was so yeah. terrifying that I went mad immediately on the spot. <laughs> and I can't even describe it because it was so honestly, some of the language is like fun to read and it was well done, but just really reading agree. the same thing every story <laughs> 18 times. The first couple of stories, it really got me. Just even like the first one where just like the descriptive words that he uses to describe these like nasty things and creatures that he's seeing. I was like, man, he's like a master of this. Like, I really get it right now. Like these descriptions are making my skin crawl. And I loved that. And then, yeah, it was just every single story is just like curious guy exploring other culture thing he discovers is unspeakably gross <laughs> and then he goes crazy and then he goes or crazy. dies and nobody believes him that's they usually crazy. don't die that's something that i've noticed only in a couple stories do they die it's usually they get thrown in the loony bin yep yep using using the uh, term of the time the <laughs> the loony bin. i don't know i don't talk about loony bins today but <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the color out of space, or I can't remember if that's what it's actually called. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whoa! I just I literally randomly just opened right to the very first page of the color out the color out of space, and it is indeed called the color out of space. And that one was so good and so unique. Um, yeah, just a really different take on the same type of like otherworldly like creatures that are just not comprehensible by human yeah. beings. I think that was the best in terms of like the descriptions of the scenery as well. The whole thing about the trees (laughs) moving with no wind and then it kind of being, you know, part of a tentacled being and Mm -hmm. calling up images of that, I think was really great. As well as the glowing vegetables. That was just funny. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's great. subtly insidious everything was going on in that one like the crops are like maybe edible or like similar enough (laughs) to what they know that they're eating them and like slowly they're having strange effects and stuff this is so interesting i really was into that one yeah they actually made a movie about it or a movie of that a couple years ago and i'd heard of the movie first uh, because it has nick cage in it Oh, I gotta watch it. <laughs> yeah, I've been meaning to check it out, but now that I read the story and I really like the story, I said now I actually need to seek out and watch this movie. So I am so intrigued by that. I would really like to watch the movie as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, outside of like the repetition, though, I did kind of like the continuity about some of like the cult stuff, like the the mm. Cthulhu cult or whatever. I liked that like deities and characters from that story kind of like appear in these different ones. And you can sort of connect these stories to each other in like one universe in different ways. I did think that that was cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting how that kind of went down because even some of the characters from like very early stories appear later and it seems that towards like the end like the 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 stories that formed like the end of this book like the the later half i guess kind of really lean into that and and establish a thing like a a shared kind of existence that you kind of see throughout these stories I mean, mm-hmm. it, it also makes it more predictable because you know kind of yeah. where it's going. But yeah. I did, I I did think that it was kind of interesting the way that that worked. It was all tied together. I agree. It was a nice touch of kind of world building without um, getting too deep into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And another and like, point he that I thought was kind of cool. I don't know if this, but. Uh, they discovered Pluto, like around the time <laughs> yeah. he was writing the one of uh, the Whisperer in the Dark or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was called that. And then he said, "Oh, this 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 planet that I that all the evil people come from is actually Pluto." <laughs> Can like, you we believe just it? Discovered it. I don't know. It was kind of cool. That, like, it is kind of cool. He's like, "Oh is yeah." The Whisperer in the Darkness, the one where. He sees like the hands and the face on the chair. Yeah. Yeah. That was pre- maybe my favorite ending of any of the stories. Mm. The Whisperer in the Darkness solid. is obviously not my favorite story because it's the color out of space. But the last line just being like, it was the face and hands of that guy. Who saved yeah. my never- I was like, oh. <laughs> that was a great last line. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. That one kind of felt a little long-winded to me, too. For sure. I think that was yeah. the longest story mm-hmm. in here. It was very long. No, like, the Insomar one, I feel like, was maybe longer. Is oh, that what you said? The yes. Innsmouth, or whatever it's called? Innsmouth, yeah. yeah. I don't know why where I came up with Innsmar. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. It was there. They were both similar length, yeah. Yeah. I just remember it took me three different reading sessions to read through <laughs> the Whisperer one. Yeah. Is lengthy, but uh, mm. another one that stood out to me as being kind of cool or like different was uh, I think it's called Cool Air. Yes, that the one guy. was the only one that like viscerally got to me when they were like, <laughs> Yeah, he was dead, so he had to be preserved. And I was like, Oh god, yeah. Well, I think that one is interesting <laughs> because it's not, I mean, it's kind of unexplained or unexplored, but it's not like the the mystery and the horror isn't kind of tied to you know some space thing or unknown right. under the earth or whatever it's like i guess i mean i now that i'm thinking about it there are a couple others that that weren't like that too but that one stood out as being simultaneously more sinister and not as sinister as i was mm. kind of expecting mm-hmm. Interesting. which i thought was it was kind of cool <laughs> that's the other one that kind of stood out to me as being qu- quite fun Aubrey, did you have a different favorite or is yours also the color out of space? Um, it's a good question. Ah, okay. I'm looking at the list of the stories right now and I actually also really liked the rats in the walls. No, Addie, I was going to say that. <laughs> that was my... <laughs> but yeah, the rats in the walls really <laughs> freaks me out because I live in a house where squirrels like climb on the roof. So yeah. I can definitely relate to the whole like insidious things. Yes. Clicking along. And I was like, mm, yeah, that is a fear. That is a fear. Yes. And that was one where his like power of description really 
shined through to me because it wasn't like this unspeakably unnatural horrible thing it was like these like slithering nasty rats like a thing that you can picture so clearly and I was like ew oh my god it's so yep. gross. <laughs> there was just the unfortunate name of the cat that really caught me off guard every time I read it and I was like these yeah but I also that one yeah like- I I like the way that that one went down, but also just yeah. felt that one felt one of the more blatantly racist. Yeah. Yes. Of all the stories. <laughs> and so I don't know how to feel about it, but yeah, it, I was... feel like the Innsmouth one, the shadow of your Innsmouth was probably the one that stuck out as being like the most questionable. Yeah. When I was kind of researching like H.P. Lovecraft's history a little bit, that's the one that everyone is like, <laughs> this this man is so racist. <laughs> you gotta read the shadow over in's mouth, and then you'll get it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That one, yeah those those two stood out to me as well as the reanimator one. Mm. I think there was passages mm. of that one that went into some pretty bad territory. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I mentioned bef- in a previous episode before we, like in between when I started reading this and when we did it that. Uh, um in cases like that it's really when when it's in the text it's really hard to separate the art from the artist because it's yeah. there's no escaping it. it's like yeah. right there in front of you you have to see it so yeah so, stuff sure. like that I, I really don't know how to like feel about as far as like making evaluative claims and that sort of thing yeah it is really tough but uh, yeah yeah. That's like an interesting theme that he kind of ties in with that maybe though about like um family history. There's the one with the with the also now that I'm realizing another blatantly racist one with the where what's it called? The guy the th- the history of the guy and his family. Yeah, that one was yeah. by far the most boring to me. I really just skimmed that one cuz yeah. I was so bored. <laughs> But I mean, there's like a recurring theme of like the inability to escape from your family history that pops up mm. in that one, as well as the rats and the walls and the mm. insmouth one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of them are kind of like tracking down like an uncle's writings and stuff like that, like a sort of... I don't know, like a inability to escape, but also like a need to almost like finish what's been started before you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess the whole idea of needing to know as well, because it's pretty prominent in the call of Cthulhu and the very last story yeah. where you're just drawn by some force that's stronger than you to have an answer. And, you know, it might lead to your destruction, but that's too bad. Every single time I think about that concept, like this whole idea that like, if we as humans try to like, get too much information that we're not actually prepared for bad things happen, you know, there's like consequences for that. I think about Indiana Jones and the crystal skull. And that thing where the guy melts. Yeah. The ladies like the aliens are like, you cannot know this stuff. (laughs) He's like, just tell me I want to know. And then she dies. Her head like explodes or something. That movie was the first time I'd ever been exposed to this idea. <laughs> and now in my brain, I'm like, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull is like the OG. <laughs> the OG. <laughs> the OG. 
which is just not true at all. That's funny. I well, that's funny because I think that's credit. like Raiders of the Lost Ark did the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They're making a new Indiana Jones movie. Oh, I saw that. Are you excited? Interesting. I don't know how to feel about it. I'll watch not it. Sure. it not out. sure. Yeah. I love Indiana Jones, so I'll probably watch it. He's so. dreamy. He is so he is pretty dreamy. I'll give that. Yeah, that's I fair. Watched, I watched half of the last crusade yesterday, but then we had to go to church, so I had to turn it off. <laughs> it was just on TV. So mm. what are you gonna do? Damn. Organized religion. Add it again. <laughs> Because they didn't have midnight mass, this would be solved if they had midnight mass. Exactly. Um, what else to say about this one? Yeah, I feel well, like what you see is what you get when it comes to Mister Higley Piggly. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Hanky Lovecraft. Hanky Panky. I don't know, man. Some of these stories could be improved with some Hanky Panky. It really couldn't. Too dour. Lack of hanky panky in this book. <laughs> How would we compare this to points the off October country? Yeah, not as good, hanky. honestly. I think Ray Bradbury. Yeah, I stepped agree. It up. I really agree with that. I mean, there are things that H.P. Lovecraft like really excels at. That, you yeah, know, mm-hmm. this book, and also you got to give credit where it's due in terms of being like a trailblazer, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. In terms of like being a collection of distinguishable stories, which is what like any collection of stories should yeah. be, I guess mm-hmm. Ray Bradbury did way, way better. But also, is that H.P. Lovecraft's fault? Like, he did not put all of these stories together. That is he true. wasn't That's throwing true. anything that he could to magazines and seeing what stuck, you know? That and is it was very Penguin, Penguin Publishing that did this, and maybe they shouldn't have. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it was two years before he died that this was put together. So mm. I don't know. I kind of doubt he had any say in it. Yeah. As far as just like if I was to be offered to read either a Ray Bradbury short story that I have not read before or an H.P. Lovecraft short story that I had not read before, I would go with the Ray Bradbury every time. I agree. I go with Ray. Because the Ray Bradbury one would probably surprise me. If somebody was like, here's an H.P. Lovecraft story you haven't read yet, I'd be like, well, tell me the title. And I bet I could have a pretty good shot yeah. at guessing what it's about. There you go. <laughs> what else is there to say about this one? Serious lack of women. Strong lack of women. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I meant with the hanky panky. <laughs> That's like, code word for like, women. Hanky, hanky, I meant women. It's a, no, I'm just saying it's a cliche to say, but like maybe these Lovecraft protagonists wouldn't be so obsessed with uh, all this weird stuff if they got some bitches. Some of these guys just need to be laid. Am I wrong? You wouldn't have ended up in the loony bin, maybe. You Am ever thought of I think or if they like just listen to their wives for that. <laughs> I I really do agree. <laughs> but it would have been interesting too if like some of the protagonists had been women instead and just like yeah. what differences would that have made in the stories? Like would that have mixed up this formula even just a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, do I don't know. Think- I think a lot of it feels like a HP. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. <laughs> it's okay. A, a lot of it feels like a like self-insert almost because reading a lot of these notes, a lot of them were just inspired by dreams that he had. So I think Mm -hmm. a lot of the main characters are just supposed to be 
him. It is him. Which Interesting. I guess he didn't talk to any women, so <laughs> doesn't know how to write about him. Makes sense to me. I don't feel bad about roasting H.P. Lovecraft because he is. No, he really, really don't. Himself. No. Yeah. He absolutely deserves this. Also, he's dead. So what's he going to do? What is he going to do? He really is scary looking, dude. <laughs> I'm looking at him. I'm looking right into his eyes right now. And I'm a little bit freaked out. H.P. <laughs> um, Lovecraft was indeed married to a woman. No. Drunk. By her choice? Sad. <laughs> For 13 years, they're married. And she's also a writer. She seems kind of cool. Hmm. This is shocking information. Yeah, for real. Why didn't she have more influence on this man? (laughs) He was not listening. (laughs) He was evidently not listening to his wife, just like that guy in the color from outer space. Yeah, right. (laughs) That was the only exhibit that H.P. Lovecraft learned something in his life. (laughs) In that that story, he's like, this is a formal apology to my wife because I don't listen to her. There you go. She was from Ukraine. Okay, nice. I guess the next question as far as this book would be, just like where do you place it as far as like people reading the works of Lovecraft today? Like is he still relevant or is it you see, even though you can see like his influence on the people that went on to write after him, like like (laughs) is is he still an important figure for his own work or is it just that influence? Um. I believe in like going back to the source, I guess. Like if you're going to read people who were heavily influenced by H.P. Lovecraft, I think it's worth to read like actual H.P. Lovecraft and kind of like, I don't know, seeing the, where the, like the muse himself, I guess, mm. <laughs> like the inspiration that's being drawn. I think it's cool to do that and kind of worthwhile, but reading this whole collection, I really don't think is necessary at all. Mm. What about you guys? I would agree. I think you can read probably like a third of this. I was about to say that exact thing. Wow. There we go. (laughs) Wait, we should honestly, maybe we should make a roster of six stories that we feel are essential and then say you can can the book as a whole and read (laughs) these six. So obviously a color out of the color out of space. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's number one number one but also actually maybe it should be number six because if you read the color out of space first you're going to be severely disappointed by everything <laughs> that's, that's true that's one. true <laughs> i don't know if we need to order them that's okay but yeah that needs to be in there personally i would put the rats in the walls in there i think that his like writing style his scary description shines through in that one really well what was the one where the guy had gone into this weird house and the there was like an old the house. guy? Yeah. Yeah. What did we think about that? I don't know about that one. Because I don't really remember it. Yeah, I was thinking about it later and I didn't remember <laughs> how it ended. And I went back and I guess like the house got struck by lightning at the very end. Randomly. Yeah. I don't know. That one I'm iffy on. Okay. I think there okay. was some interesting stuff about it. <laughs> I would make a case for the call of Cthulhu to go in there because I think it's his most iconic, like it's the title of the collection of stories. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that type of thing of like the unknown is probably best done there. I would really agree. And you get to see a lot of his like ability to like make lore or like world building, I guess in that one too, which is pretty fun. Also the thing where like everyone is having the same dreams is actually pretty scary. Like, 
agree. The first two sections of this, I read at night and I stopped reading and picked it up the next day (laughs) in the the daylight. Um, Okay, so do we have three right now? I think that's, that's, if we do that one, if we do rats, Cthulhu, and color out of space, that's three. Then the picture in the house is, is tentative. Okay. I would throw in cool air. I thought cool air yeah, was, that was pretty solid. Was short but sweet and something a bit different from what you get in the other ones. Yeah. I agree. Uh, what else do we got? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think the Hunter of the Dark was definitely one of the stronger ones, but it was also kind of like this is a little it's a little racist. Yeah. It's a little weird. Why are we calling the Italians out by name every two sentences? <laughs> I'm not telling you. Actually, okay, so this one is interesting because this is what I read in the 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 note on it is that there is another guy, another writer of weird fiction who wrote a story based on Lovecraft mm. and like put Lovecraft in as his insert character. And so this was supposedly supposed to be a response to that. But then the compiler of the edition said. But looking at the facts, this is also just Lovecraft when he lived in this area and like cites the points where it's like this is referencing his own stuff. So, <laughs> but that one did feel like a little bit different in some places as far as like hmm. it wasn't um, a first person kind of story. Mm-hmm. I think most of them are for like first person. Yeah. Like third person omniscient. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe the Haunter of the Dark could be okay. On there. Yeah, I'd be down for that. I kind of want to say Whisperer in Darkness also because I like the like finale of it so much. Yeah. That one is so long, long-winded, and a lot of like the same stuff happening. Like, <laughs> yeah, revisiting the same information again and again. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know how strong I feel about that. Hmm. Wait. So so all right. So so far we have what picture in the house let's include it because i think we're running short on all. <laughs> like like looking at looking at the rest of what we got i think that definitely deserves to be there okay it's, it's another short and sweet one yeah so picture in the house rats in the walls cool air cthulhu color out of space and then we can throw in hun- hunter in the dark i Six. like that yeah there we go very nice I'm just gonna underline the ones that we said were essential. So if anyone asks me like personal opinion, I can tell them. Nice. Read these six. Ignore the rest. Yeah. Cool. That's pretty fun. That was fun. That was good. I enjoyed roasting horrible person Lovecraft. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes known as Howard Phillips, but suffering severe from lack of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Suffering from a severe lack of maidens. It's obvious. It's obvious, Howard. I could see right through you. Yeah, you might have been married, but I could see right through you. There were two separate beds in that bedroom. I know it. Well, look, looking at it now, the three in a row of cool air, Call of Cthulhu, and the color out of space is definitely the highlight of this. I agree. Yeah, that's the peak. I'm really glad that we were all kind of on the same page. I was kind of worried that I was going to come into this and you guys were going to be like more into it than me. I don't know why. (laughs) I was worried to like say anything bad about his writing specifically, I guess, because it's like so loved by so many people. Like a lot of it's like so like critically acclaimed, I guess. 
I can kind of see why, but also <laughs> I don't want to just like read a bunch of this over <laughs> for real. Um, because I think the way that he writes and describes stuff is at once like very verbose and like interesting to read, but at the same time, it doesn't s- slow you down reading. It. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I think that that balance is actually well done for the most part. Agreed. Does anybody want to rate it? I was yeah, I was wondering that. I, or should I we just rate our like six stories <laughs> and cut out all of that? <laughs> Yeah, I don't really like rating short story collections, but I would give probably Color Out of Space like a 9 out of 10. And nothing else would be that high for me. Rats in the Walls is an 8, though. What about you guys? It's a solid. Yeah, I'd say it's a 9 out of 10 for Color Out of Space. Mm, I think I'll give an 8 out of 10 to Cool Air, maybe. A little Mm -hmm. freaky. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think that's probably all I'd be comfortable rating. Yeah. I think the best short stories are usually pretty short. Yeah. (laughs) And if they're longer, then they got to do everything really good. Um, And I don't think... No, I think it was. Was the color out of space divided into sections? Because if not, if that's just a big old chunk of text, I'm giving it the five out of five. Because I'm trying not to do half scores. Yeah. I think it's just one long section. Because I think that's like really well done. And uh, yeah, it's just one long section. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was so awesome. But as far as the shorter ones, I really liked Cool Air. Um, yeah. For being able to like introduce a lot. Because I think when you're writing like a short, short story, you're just trying to like stimulate the imagination as much as you can by like leaving open ends and i think that that one did that a lot better than others well i guess the others the other open ends are just like what could be so horrifying as to dodge someone mad but yeah something about cool air i think that's probably my second favorite because i think it was really engaging as far as like what's going on here and that's right. probably because, like, taking in the context of reading these other stories, it was a little bit of a curveball with, like, where he goes with it. So, very nice. Rats mm. in the Walls was pretty good, too. Rats in the Walls went pretty hard. It did go pretty hard. So, okay. You know, that when I was like, Kurt Vonnegut has a thing for feet, I think H.P. Lovecraft might have a thing for fish. Now that I'm thinking about it, there was yeah, a lot of like so, octopus, squid, fish. So the shape of water. <laughs> <laughs> no, Eddie, no. I think sorry, it's... sorry to hate on the shape of water, but that was like a, it was going good, and then there are certain things that I, I could know, not dude. get past with that. I am like, like fish please. people horror. I don't really know why, but it grosses me out it's, in like a really fun way. I think it's cool that the. Uh, I'm actually a fan because I think we we know the least about like out the depths of space and then also the depths of the ocean. So That's true. true. And Lovecraft's true. like, I'll take both of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's honestly what what uh, is kind of appealing is you take yeah. these two unknowns and like the way that he combines them specifically in the Cthulhu one and some of those other ones. Um, I think is actually kind of fun. I really agree with that. And there's something about like ocean horror and like sea lore that is like so timeless. Like people have been scared of scary mermaids 
for centuries, you know? Yeah, for, you can go back to even. Yeah. Joseph Conrad, actually. Oh, no. Joseph Conrad was another one. He was the guy who did Heart of Darkness. Yeah. And uh-huh. a lot of his short stories have to do with, like, freaky things happening out at sea. Because it's so it's so unknown and it is so scary but also like timelessly cool you know mm-hmm. mermaids are still cool <laughs> scary <laughs> mermaids are awesome yeah <laughs> cool cool i think that closes the book on the call of cthulhu and other weird stories good job team thank by, you for <laughs> with me <laughs> by one higgly piggly lovecraft <laughs> higgly piggly whose turn is Ooh. it and do you have Aubrey's turn? Do you have anything in mind for the next book club? Hold on, let me let me look at my list. You do not have to have an answer right now if you'd like to take it sometime. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think I'm going to go home and read a part of it before I <laughs> discuss this, just in case. Okay. Anywho. Let us know what after you read, read a little bit what you want to do. Yeah. We'll do. I will do. Next book club TBD. Uh, our next episode will be the December wrap up, though, if that still works. Yep. I think that's all the business we have to get. To. Oh, I was gonna say just the thing on the Shiners. I have the list of stuff of movies that are like eligible. Okay, great. Instead of doing it in consecutive weeks this year, I want to do a nomination episode whenever the Oscars do their nominations. Okay. And then open up the list. I'm going to do it on Google Forms this time and then have it open for multiple weeks. So if, so people, if they don't listen that one week that we do the thing before the next episode, they won't miss out on voting or anything. So. Okay, cool. I, yeah, good. I had just thought about that. So yeah. That'll be in the new year anyways. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, I think that's all it means. All that is left to do for this one is to recommend an album. Yay. Addy, <laughs> you have an album to recommend. <laughs> well, today is Christmas. It's December 25th. So I'm going to recommend one of my most favorite Christmas albums, which I've recommended in Christmas's past, which is Silver and Gold by Sufjan Stevens. This is an extremely long album with very, very much Christmas music on it. It's like three hours long. And the songs longer are longer so than Christmas delightful. Mass. That's for, sure. for real. You could pop an AirPod in in a Christmas Mass and <laughs> not even this whole album. <laughs> You'll just hear it faintly playing during the choir. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I love Sufjan Stevens very deeply. This is a really fun kind of like folky take on Christmas music. There's a couple of them that are like weirdly, I don't know, like pagan like maybe like <laughs> they're not so Christmassy they're kind of they're kind of odd and I just really like that about them and I think this album's great if you want to be in the Christmas spirit and do not like radio Christmas music That's yeah. very good very thank nice you. recommendation thank you very much Aubrey do you have an album to recommend <laughs> I sure do it's not at all Christmas music but it is Melt My Eyes See Your Future by Denzel Curry Nice. It's a good album. I've recommended to- that one on here before. <laughs> God damn it, no. I mean, nothing wrong with that. It's not like it was like last week. It was whenever it came out. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. See, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it works. But yeah, it's a really good um, running album. 
I would say. Or if you just need to feel a little anger and some other feelings, it's it's a good feelings album. Nice. Nice. Let's see. My album this time around is called Bloom by Beach House. I think I've recommended this one before because it is both my favorite and the best Beach House album, mm-hmm. objectively. <laughs> um, it's really good. And for some reason, I just felt those vibes uh, like last night when I was going to bed. So I listened to this album before I was met with a deep Christmas slumber. So it's very near and dear to my heart currently. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, check it out. Nice. The best beach house album. <laughs> um, Great wreck. Yeah. There you have it. Another book club in the books. Yeah. Another one. And another Christmas special. <laughs> and another Christmas special, kind of. <laughs> should, I, should it be the book club and Christmas special? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a two for one. Why yeah. not? <laughs> um. If anyone wants to go check out the Twitch stream where I watch movies, silent movies, um, I've been really ramping that up towards the end of the year and hopefully can stay consistent. I've been having lots of fun with it, but I'll put that link in the description and uh, come hang out. I'll be live as early as today when you listen to this, when this episode comes out. I shouldn't say when you listen to this, but uh, yeah. And uh Thanks for listening, one and all. Thanks for joining us, Aubrey, for the book club. Yeah, thank you. Thanks Aubrey. for letting me come back. <laughs> and uh, thanks for nothing, HP Lovecraft. <laughs> Fuck you, HP Lovecraft. <laughs> not a fan. Sorry, sir. No, you're not a sir. Sorry, Howard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, one and all. Have a great week. Merry Christmas and uh, do great things. Thank you, everyone. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Bye now.